Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What makes for a great vacation? Depends on who you ask. Are you looking to get away or bring everyone together? Do you want to get outside and play or see a play at the plate? Fortunately, however you operate, I'm the destination you've been looking for. The name's Missouri, but you can call me Mo. And I have just one question. What's your MO? To find your MO, tap now. Or for information on safe travel, come see me at visitmo.com. It is your instant match reaction for Everton nil, Newcastle to Goodison Park. Newcastle winning for the first time in 11 games uh, today against Everton. Uh, an absolutely pitiful performance from the Blues who once again missed a big opportunity to make strides in the Premier League. And Rob Vera, Mike Diasher are here to join me. Um, Mike, I'll come to you first, mate. We said all week that, you know, the Leicester point would be a good point. We beat Newcastle on Saturday and Everton were out four today. They were outplayed today. They were outran today, as the figures showed towards the end. And it does feel as though, even though we had some low points early in the campaign, certainly the loss of St. James's Park was one. Um, I can't remember Everton being quite as bad in any game as they were today. I think they don't have an excuse today. There's, there's no excuses. At least for that game, you go, all right, well, you've got no Richarlison, you've got no Hammers, you've got no Luca Dean. Well, all three of them absolutely stunk the gaff out there with the entire rest of that team. It was utterly, I don't know what word is right to use about the performance. Shameful, embarrassing, pathetic, all the above. It was, it was just Everton of the past decade, rearing its ugly head, ugly head again. That's all it was. it was. When it comes down to the crunch, it's, there you go. They absolutely flap it once more. Just, it's what we've come to expect in recent years, but really you're doing our best to sort of ride out this year. And absolutely to a man, they were all ghastly. And there was, there was no real intent, no drive to change that game. The midfield bite had completely gone. There was none of it there. Gilfie Sigurdsson, again, with about as pathetic a football performance I have ever seen in my life. I, I just, the, the amount of times that man can point around the football pitch or pass it back to his centre-halves and then hide behind the centre-forward so he can't get the ball back just baffles me. I, just, I, I don't understand how he was still on the pitch. 
Ancelotti's just as much to blame as the rest of them. Only making one sub there. I, I don't care if that's your cry out in attempt to try and get more players in. That's just it's ridiculous. This game was really important. Gilfie Sigurdsson after 40 minutes, well, after 20 minutes, could have been hooked off, let alone 90 minutes. Absolutely ridiculous. They were blatantly overrun by the crabbiest midfield I've ever seen a Newcastle team play with. Didn't lay a glove on them whatsoever. After Hammers got the absolute living daylights kicked out of him in the first 20 minutes, there was no bite back. No one up in arms about it. Just kind of passively let it happen. Went to sleep for 20-odd minutes towards halftime. Wilson gets a good chance from a header. Exactly the same second half. Good chance from a header. It was the exact same chance. Didn't learn a single thing from it. And conceded. It was ghastly. And I know I'm just venting now, and there's no real no, way to go. But I think everyone is just everyone is in that mood now, where we, as fans, and I, I hate I hate it when fans get on soapboxes and go, "Isn't it hard being a football fan?" Because it's only a, it's only a game. I get that, but it's important to us. It always is, and it's always just. Are we doing swearing? Are we allowed to do swearing? Yeah, you can swear. Come yeah. It's always just a bit of an absolute piss take when they are woeful when it matters. Because we've had it for years and years and years that when it doesn't really matter, yeah, okay, they're all right. But this December, they put in so much graft. They put in so much and got through it. And for all that to be thrown out in the space of a week just is awful. And yeah, we said last a point would have been a good point. You've got to go and back it up by beating a properly shit football team now. And Everton once again play down to their opponents. I don't know what it is about these home games. Do they just think, oh, well, we're good now. We can win well, these. Yeah. So, Let's well, we've just... had we've had this pattern emerge, haven't we? With you know West Ham and Leeds, and you know th- those games were very similar to, to what we saw today. And you know, I think Rob, you know, in, in fairness to you know not not trying to give ourselves a pat on the back here, but I think as supporters in general, we have been a bit more circumspect this season. I think we've done the perspective thing after Leeds at home. So it was one of those days. We did it after United in the cup. We did it after. The West Ham game, where we thought, you know, one of those days after a, a, a good December, um, doesn't really feel like a day for that today because it felt like that that Everton team and that Everton performance lurched below any sort of perspective. And while these sort of Everton that days and Everton that performances are getting a little bit less under Carlo Angelotti, every now and then that old Everton that demon rears its ugly head again and just reminds us that it's there. Uh, yeah, I. I think I'm I'm still clearing out the sleep from my eyes, uh, <laughs> which uh, seems like an apt apt uh, metaphor somehow for how they played today. Um, I can't believe my <clears throat> American forefathers uh, died for my freedom to wake up to watch this shit this morning, <laughs> um, but they did, and here we are. And you know, that's the Constitution. What can I do? I have to watch the game. Um, I. I yeah, no, I look. You're you're right. I I've certainly been a perspective guy <laughs> this season because uh, we've had a good season and we have a good team, uh, which no one is going to want to hear today. Um, and sometimes good teams just play really badly, and uh, that's it'd be it's certainly something that is not limited to us in the league this year. Uh, I mean, even. You know, even this week, uh, seeing the way, uh, you know, obviously Spurs are playing better competition, but seeing the way they played, certainly United to, to Sheffield, you know, losing at home to Sheffield United probably have a very similar taste in their mouth that we do today. But I said, um, I, I can't help but go back to Wednesday and now feel somehow even more upset about 
the soft goal we allow in a game that I think we, we win otherwise. Um, but we said afterwards that, all right, no excuses. Uh, you gotta go, you gotta go get these three points. Uh, you're, you're right where you want to be if you get four points from these, uh, two games, but to get one point and six against in these two games is, it's going to be, it's going to hurt when, we look at the end of the season if we're in a position where we miss out on a European spot or a Champions League spot by the width of these two defeats to a very poor Newcastle team. Um, now, all all that being said, of course, it's still the Premier League. As bad as certain teams are um, on their day, um, you know, desperate teams who are in poor form will play desperately. And, uh, you know, all the cliches about hard work beats talent that doesn't work hard or whatever you want to, you, however you want to put it. Um, we just weren't good enough today. We didn't play well enough today. Um, we are now entering a dangerous territory where our best players have not been playing like our best players for you know, not and, and I'm not really counting Hamas Rodriguez in this uh, at this point because I think if anything, we're we're kind of handing him the ball and just hoping he does something magical. But it's been a while since Calvert Lewin scored in a league game. It's been a while since, uh, obviously, the the big elephant in the room for me, and and I, I'm just going to keep saying it. Richarlison can't keep having a season like this. We are now at the point where I think it's fair to say he's having a poor season, and we can't get where we want to be if our best players are playing like this. And despite all of the, the, all of that, despite one of our best players playing so poorly, we've been in a pretty good position. We should have been able to win this game today. I, I don't, I think sometimes there is a question of rotation. This is our third game in a relatively short period of time. I kind of get that. I felt like it was odd though, of all the rotating you were going to do, uh, to, to bring Coleman back in. Um, <laughs> uh, maybe, you know, I thought maybe Mina goes out or, or, you know, maybe you rest him and you bring Godfrey in. But I think today in some ways just kind of further reinforced uh, a belief in a couple of things. One being that God, Ben Godfrey needs to play every game. Uh, I don't care what position he's in. He is a valuable piece. Yeah. And the second thing I'll say too, is, and finally is I, I don't know many times we have to say, I have to see Gilfie Sigurdsson starting league games and him play like this and have Mike come on here and talk about all the pointing, which he's absolutely right about. I don't know many times we have to see it before you realize that Gilfie Sigurdsson at best right now is a luxury bench piece type player. I don't understand why you're playing him in a two, if anything, but it just didn't make sense the, the way that we lined up today on some level. But we certainly had enough attacking talent out there to try to put this game away early or to, you know, to go out and really kind of blitz them. We didn't, we allowed them to hang around and we got what we deserved. It sort of looked in the early stages, Mike, that that, that might happen. Cause I think the, the first 10 minutes are actually Everton's best points in the game. You know, the, the goalkeeper's very busy and a lot of the things he does, but it, it just felt as though as soon as Newcastle started getting robust with some of our players you know you mentioned Rodriguez there Shelby makes four really cynical fouls in the first 20 minutes and some of that's down to the referee but I'm not going to go down that road today because Everton don't really deserve to have any excuses made for them but you know you, you think about the, the two players that, that Rob mentioned there in Holgate and, and Godfrey and forget any sort of football and context here but I think those two players have added a, a, an aggression and a snideness 
and they're sort of in your face, you know, characteristic that Everton have shown over the last few weeks. Now you mentioned that December run there, and those two were really important to that. And just you know, granted today they wouldn't be able to get forward and get crossed into the box because the centre backs, etc., etc., etc. But I just thought without those two in the team, that lack of bite and that lack of, lack of aggression was just so evident today. Yeah, Godfrey in particular. I I don't think I've I've seen him be overly aggressive in his manner, but everything he does on a football pitch, it just comes with that sense of aggressiveness. As, as taken as note, whether it's the challenges on Ceballos or it's legging it forward about 50 yards, struggling defenders off. Everything he does, as you say, is in your face. It's slightly aggressive. It works really well. And imagine that instead of Gilfie Sigurdsson just st- stood around having a point for 90 minutes. Because I don't care where he's playing, like Rob said. If he's technically good enough to play... As a, do you know what? What's the point? We, we could sit and say, well, is he good enough to play as a midfielder? Does it matter at that point? Look, look at what they've put out there today. I genuinely think any of us could have done better because it, it's not about ability with Gilfie Sigurdsson. It's about application. It's about wanting it because it's not what he what he does with the football. Because you know what, when he get when he gets the football, yeah, fine, you can do a nice little turn. But if you can't be asked making a pass, you can't be asked actually tracking back properly, making a tackle, or doing those things properly. Then he's not on the pitch. It's like playing with ten men. This is why as soon as James Rodriguez gets injured and goes silent for 10, 15 minutes while his foot's killing him. Everton suddenly look like they're outnumbered. Because they are. Because they're blatantly playing with nine men. Because Gilvie Sigurdsson stood there doing absolutely nothing. I think if you have someone like Ben Godfrey in the middle or Mason Holgate chasing and playing that holding role, it, like almost reverting back to a back three when you don't when you don't have the ball, then you can have Abdullah Decore charging forwards it's, it's and, even having the sorry to interrupt, interrupt like it's, it's even just having them on the pitch and someone getting over and getting in the face of of any one of those players who, who filed you know because because James was clearly unhappy and having to go with the referee but there's no sort of sense of come on now this has got to stop we're fuming about this you know I've seen I've seen Chico on, on Twitter at half time saying I'm never going to be happy at Everton until someone so we've got players who will go out and give Shelby a kick back or try and do something back and there was none of that whatsoever, was there? It was like, right, use your use ear to kick us, stamp on feet, make the game horrible. We're not really up for that, actually. Yeah, definitely. But I think Rob said something quite interesting before. It's about Everton being at a high level who should win those type of games. I don't see it. I, I see Everton who've fought tooth and nail for results and done it quite well at points. But at times when the onus is on them and when it really comes down to it, this is a team that still goes wilt, still wilts, still just goes missing, still isn't there in the big moments. You still can't rely on them. It's just, this isn't a team that can be spoken about, certainly not by us and definitely not by themselves as being in contention. Carlo Ancelotti said himself, we'll see where we are after this week. On the evidence of that week, Everton don't deserve to qualify for Europe. There are at least seven better teams than them on the evidence of that week. It's up to them to turn that around. But you look... And you think, well, they'll have to go through another crunch period now because they forced it upon themselves. They've done one quite well. And then as soon as they go, oh, no, we're actually, yeah, we can do this now. No, go Wilton once more in games like you should win. And, you know, you go back to that Leicester result. You aren't entitled to take the draw from that if you aren't going to then back it up. That's what we said after the result. We're like, yeah, this could be a good point or it could be a really bad one and a missed opportunity. You aren't entitled to draw with teams around you unless you go and do what Arsenal did for years and years and years and beat those bottom 12 teams home and away. 
you aren't entitled to do it. You aren't entitled to moan about any of it if you can't back it up and do it. And it's just, it's the same point we reach again and again and again. And if Everton carry on with these next few games in that same manner, we'll be exactly where we were the past few seasons, going, all right, well, Spurs knock us out the cup and great. What do we look forward to now for the rest of the season? They've got to be very careful because that's a slippery slope that they are sleepwalking towards now. Yeah, Rob's just nodding away there a little bit, along with Mike. Yeah, sure. I look. I I don't know. There's really not a bad thing that you could say about the side today that probably isn't deserved. Um, yeah, I I think that part of my my why I'm enamored so much with the the back four that that we used in that December run was obviously the ability and the physicality, but as has been talked about here, there's, there's a certain uh, physicality and just an overall tone and toughness that that brings to the side. It's not all just uh, Godfrey. It's not all just uh, Holgate. It's, it's that kind of that collective, that collective toughness that we've only had at Everton with a player here or there. Whereas I felt like we'd begun to at least identify a more mentally tough, you know, identify and, and, and cultivate a more mentally tough identity. And, and Mike's right. Like we, we've spent so many of these last few seasons talking about losing the games or dropping points in games that we shouldn't. And I, I would argue that given, especially given how we've been on the road this season, that I'm not quite convinced that we're as bad in that regard as we have been, but the, the home, <laughs> these home losses to these teams uh, are, are just, you, you can already just kind of feel it. It's January, but you can, you can see the the path towards the end, you know, to the end of the season, you can see where those points are going to really come back and bite. It's like every time I have to go out now and, and win a game that they probably quote, shouldn't win. And that only just kind of makes up for Newcastle and, and really doesn't get you ahead. You know what I mean? So um, I, 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 I think everyone I, I'm trying to, I'm trying not to totally freak out because I, I've promised myself that as much as we talk about the evolution of, of the culture and uh, the, the overall expectation level, whatever you want to call it, at, uh, at Everton under Carlo Ancelotti, when he referred to as evolution, that I've, I've challenged fans to kind of, you know, to take a deep breath after, after certain games and, and do the same. Today, though, it's it's much more difficult to do that because it, it just was completely unavoidable. I I don't know. I, I mentioned before, and you know, Matt, we we've we've had one kind of nominal transfer podcast this this month because it was, you know, I, I think it's amazing how quickly that tone has changed, even in that regard, about what we needed or didn't. And I think a lot of people were like, oh, if we could sell some guys, that's that's good enough. But Hey, look, I, I, I've been saying for a bit that we were on the cusp of a special season. Do we, can we really look at this squad and say that we have enough uh, to really get us to, you know, something special and, and, and be opportunistic on the evidence of, of this week uh, on the evidence of maybe to a certain degree this month, I think that, that there's a, a clear, there's clearly a dynamic player or two missing. Uh, and 
until and and maybe it's a it's a matter of well we have to get our get certain financial eggs in a row before we can go and do that and we may have to wait another season i think my frustration with that line of thinking as logical and sound as it may be on paper is that i don't know that we're going to have a premier league table next season that looks anything like what this does yeah and you can't just say well we, we really went on a good run uh, in 2020, 2021. And so uh, we've built, we're going to build upon that. And, and clearly we're going to take the next, I mean, how do we know that? We don't know that. And, and, and if we don't get into Europe, I, I really think that's an open question. So I, I'm, I am certainly of the opinion that, that there, there needs to be something more I hate, I hate seeing, I, as much as I like getting certain players off the, the payroll, I, you know, as much as everyone seems to, to delight in that, you know, you know, I'm glad a billionaire is saving some money. I'm glad we're a little ways from financial fair play, but it certainly doesn't really offer me any uh, respite today. Uh, today sucks. Um, we, we need something more. It sucks to see Moise Keen doing what he's doing at PSG. Uh, it's, you know, all those weird factors and they're not all Everton's fault, but at a certain point, um, we're going to have to find a way to push forward. Um, but having said all of those things, the talent on hand in this squad um, should be enough. Uh, I understand Mike's point about how they haven't really earned that yet. And you're right. They're not entitled to it for sure. But we, we are too talented of a squad to be playing like this. And, uh, and I know it sounds cliche, and I've said it over and over again, but until our best players play like our best players on a more consistent basis, this is going to be kind of, you know, how it is. Uh, it's going to be a little, little stop start. Um, and, and we just frankly need more uh, out, of, out of our goal scores. And, you know, even the guilty secretsons of the world, they're only as useful as, he's only as useful as his ability to score because he doesn't do anything else. So, uh, but, but, but even putting him aside, there's no excuse for Charleston's season. Um, Calvert-Lewin, uh, we've all extended a bit of grace, but he's got to get back on the score sheet. I mean, there's all these things that, that need to, to, to get kicked into gear, but hey, that's what we've got a world-class manager for. And so now it's his turn to step up. Yeah, and I think just on the, on the manager, Mike, and sort of bringing together Rob's two points there, you know, you can't really go on like that can't, for the rest of the season with those options on the bench. Can you know? It, it was quite comical today to see Everton not name a full bench and not name a full bench which had two goalkeepers on it as well. And it's not just it's not just that in itself. It's the fact that the one actual attacking player that Everton had on the bench today, who you know, in traditional circumstances, you one nil down, you're at home, you're pushing for a goal. That player you would bring on the pitch is Anthony Gordon and he gets left out. So it's not only that Everton are short in attack and are going to be shorter in attack when Tosin and, and you know, more pertinently Bernard leave the, the football club in the next couple of days. It's that the player in reserve doesn't really seem to have any confidence from the manager. I mean, if, if you're not going to bring him on in that situation when you're one nil down against, let's be honest, the team that's been the worst team in the league over the last couple of months at home. What situations are going to be brought on in? Searching for just the right job? Whether you're looking for full-time, part-time, or seasonal work, you can get started today. Amazon Jobs offer the whole package with great pay and flexible shifts that allow you to choose when and how much you work. Find a warehouse close to home and discover the role that works for you. To get your application started for an hourly job, go to Amazon.com slash apply. That's Amazon.com slash apply. Amazon is proud to be an equal opportunity employer. Yeah, I think it's one of them where 
it's completely on a manager. It, the only ex- explanation is that it is one of those where it's like, you've I've got nothing on the bench here. You're gonna have to go out and get me something. When to to not bring on someone like Anthony Gordon, to not bring on even I don't know, even Tom Davies, even Ben Godfrey midfield. It's just there's no there's no logical explanation for that other than pretty much complaining about your lack of options on the bench. I don't think you can really complain about not having someone like Cheng Tos on the bench because if he came on, we'd all kick off about it anyway. So we can just bin that one off straight away. The sooner he goes, the better. Mm. But I, mean, been... I mean, more like in terms of going forward, I mean, like, you know, you can't, if they're your options on the bench for the rest of the season in attack. And let's be honest, that, that they will be because that's pretty much, you know, we've had the only player we've got out injured at the moment is Alan, really. You can't go back if, if you want in there. That is our full cast of attacking options there in that squad today. Well, if they leave themselves with that being the case and they've got rid of Theo Walcott, who they've let go on loan, he's going to go for absolutely nothing. They'll let Bernard go, which sounds like it's not going to cost any money just to get his wages off the books. Unless they are horrendously over on FFP and the alarm bells are ringing with them, it doesn't make sense to do all that and not bring someone else in. It, It doesn't. But at that point... If you're Carlo Ancelotti, you go, right, well, I've got one one attacking option on the bench. who has got fresh legs. You can impact games because we've seen it before. I've got to get him involved in some way because Richarlison isn't doing it. And he didn't. There's, there's no real logic. As much as you either do or don't rate Anthony Gordon, throwing him on for the last five, ten minutes and seeing if you can change something when Richarlison hasn't done an absolute tap for the entirety of the game. There's, there's no rational reason not to. There's no rational reason not to hook Gilfie Sigurdsson off after about six minutes, but I can't find the answer to those questions. But yeah, if they leave themselves in that position where the only option you get to bring on in attacking sense is going to be one of Gilfie Sigurdsson, Andre Gomez, and then Anthony Gordon on the bench with no recognised striker, and the only change there being Calvert-Lewin comes off and Richarlison goes up front, then Everton won't qualify for Europe. We just won't because you don't do that. In a season that is so condensed, it's just not going to happen. So they either have to put up or shut up now. And the only explanation is just how far they might or might not be over FFP. Hey, Matt, I wonder, I wonder too, at what point do you, if, if January closes and we don't add anyone else, I mean, maybe we are just sort of, to a degree, a, a flawed attacking side. I, I, though I'd like to think that with Alan coming back in that, you know, you solidify certain levels of the pitch, then it, it enables the, those potentially in front of you to be better. I mean, I, I, Alan is not going to provide goals, but his presence or, or having, for the love of God, a real defense, real proper holding defensive midfielder in there, you know, allowing others to get forward or maybe to we've talked before about the Corey maybe doing a little more than he needs to be doing and instead of getting forward whatever you know at that point then you have to kind of say you have to choose what your identity is for this season if you're really good def- if you're really good at defending uh as much as people will complain about how vanilla it looks going forward well i mean it's hard to argue that the the, the results don't bear that out i mean you know we, you, you won with that formula maybe the, the key is being just really really good defensively and sacrificing yeah. a little bit here and there and finding creative ways to use Luca Dean but I'm I'm just gonna, sorry, just sorry to interrupt Rob as well but I don't, I don't think there's any coincidence there either that's the worst the Keane and me have looked for a while either because they had two fullbacks alongside them who were getting up the pitch and, and Wilson exposed the space down the sides and, and space in behind and all of a sudden both of them looked like the 
the players that we weren't quite sure about towards you know the middle and the end of last season. Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose I, I I didn't. It was hard for me watching the game today, though, to to look at to think that that Yerry Mina and Michael Keane were at the top of my list for what was going wrong today. Oh, of course, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I just, I mean, I, I I I don't really necessarily even blame them for either of those two goals. I mean, the second one, obviously not, and then the first one. I mean, I I couldn't tell if that was uh, Richarlison who lost his yeah. man on that or Dean. I couldn't really tell, but. But you're right. Like it's it's those two um, center halves uh, as a pairing work in a very effective way um, in a, in in a certain type of setup. But but I also think they work fine with Luca Dean. But I don't I don't think I, I I'll keep making the case. But I, I'd I'd still rather see Mason Holgate at right back most days. I, even if you feel like you're losing a little bit, I think the presence he brings, the athleticism he brings, the closing speed he brings, I, I want him out there. And as I said before, find a place for Godfrey. I still just, I know that I'm banging on about this, but I don't understand how we can be this, have this glaring lack of a really physical holding defensive midfielder this long and never consider putting Ben Godfrey or Mason Holgate in that position. It, it, it almost seems like a stubbornness to say, no, they're only center halves. And then you look at today and I've asked this question before, do Mason Holgate and, and Ben Godfrey represent better value as your third and fourth center halves? Um, or do they represent better value in utilizing their versatility and finding a way to get them on the pitch? And, and I just think you've got to. And uh, I think there, there are going to be some decisions that have to be made, but I expect uh, plenty of changes uh, ahead of the next game. Yeah, I think Godfrey in particular in that midfield. You know, Holgate did feel like a bit of an emergency measure, but you know, we're talking about a lad there who played midfield a lot for Norwich last year. I just wanted to, to, to finish off, Mike, uh, by having a, a little chat about about Richarlison. Um, I think both of you have mentioned him in passing. Um, still, I'm still not like completely terrified that you know he's, he's completely lost it, and you know we're looking at a player who's really on a bit of a downward curve at the moment, but. It's it's getting quite a long spell this now, isn't it? I think we're, it's been a long time since he was really affecting games in, in a positive way from an attacking point of view, certainly. Can't remember the last time I seen him smile, even when he scored against Sheffield Wednesday the other day. He looked he looked fuming. Um it's you know, you know, you know, listen, you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Obviously he's, all footballers are locked down, he might be homesick, obviously he goes back to Brazil a lot, doesn't he? Um, with the national team and with his family and that kind of thing. But um, he's becoming more and more of an issue for Everton, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, he's one of Everton's best players at the end of the day. And you need your best players to perform as if they are your best players. It's how the best teams win and the worst teams lose. Just, And he's not doing it at the moment. Um, Everton managed to paper over the cracks with that a little bit when other players are really stepping up. But on days like today, when you have just a whole host of absolute shithouse performances, then it's going to be highlighted once more. Um, as you say, he's not lost it because he's still a very, very talented footballer. He's just in the middle of some very, very bad form. Probably the most difficult form of his career. Well, I don't know. Maybe the end of Watford when he just couldn't be arsed mm. anymore. But from a position of actual playing well rather than effort, it's probably the worst of his career. Um but you know, at some point he's gonna have a game where he'll score twice, take a load of men on, create chances, and he'll be fine. You just hope it comes sooner rather than later and isn't in a season and a half or however long it could go on for indefinitely. But I think today as well, just while you're talking about the attacking part of the pitch, it was the Taylor two centre forwards. Um you had Callum Wilson who's thrived on very, very, very little service and 
brought players into the game at every single opportunity. And you had Dominic Calvert-Lewin who didn't. Ball bounced off him, didn't really pose much of a threat to what are quite poor centre-halves in the main and was not did not play well. I think, one, he's probably knackered because he's been playing pretty much every single game for Everton. Two, he's still got some way to go. I think that, that that's quite obvious. He, he is still, he's a good centre-forward. He's not fantastic. He's not elite. He still has some way to go. And that development has been stagnated probably by the fact that he's had to play every single game, which again, for me, it's a decision to let Moise Keane go out on loan. was just ridiculous because it's the, it's the sort of thing we saw with Jordan Pickford, where, but it's the opposite. So if you don't have any backup, first of all, the player gets lazy. And second of all, if there's any injuries, any issues, then they have to play through them. If you have any problems, no, you've got to play through it. You're tired. And the rush back as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just all of those things feed into a malaise that you didn't need to have. There, there was an option there who quite obviously now is doing quite well and showing Everton up a little bit. There was an option there that was already in place who we replaced with no one. Just it, it, it's shooting themselves in the foot. Just ridiculous. But they've got a lot of questions to answer from an attacking perspective. And they've asked themselves questions from a defensive perspective when they didn't need to be any. Everton have been solid. So they decided to change it. As you said, that was Jerry Mina and Michael Keane of, of old without the assuredness of someone like Ben Godfrey or Mason Holgate playing at right back. And I thought Luca Dean was absolutely atrocious. Just one of the poorest games I've seen him have for Everton. Again, another player who's probably been rushed back. That's that's what happens when, when you have a backup who is, what in, in essence, a very, very young teenager who's new to the country, who Ancelotti probably doesn't have much faith in, hasn't played him in the league since the last time we played Newcastle. He was always going to get rushed back. Those are the problems that Everton have found themselves in and the coming home to Roost now. I think there's also something I've noticed, Rob, in the, in the last few weeks and it does feel as though they're getting more and more dependent on Hammers because everyone's gradually realising that he's the only player in the, the team that can take the ball in tight situations and emerge with possession or emerge by, by finding a pass. And you know, maybe, maybe lazy is not the right word, but it feels as though the other 10 players on the pitch are always looking for him and are quite happy to, to shift their responsibility onto him by giving him the ball and, mm-hmm. and maybe not being positive and, and assertive when they've got possession in the final third themselves. I think I think there's definitely something to that. Um, <laughs> I wonder sometimes if you're playing with someone like Rodriguez, if it, it, with like Amas, you can get caught watching him yourself. And and I think that sometimes the, I think that that there is a tendency at times to to not understand that part of what makes Hamas work is um, other players moving around him to, to make themselves available for, for the quality of, of, of his distribution and, and, and the general playmaking that he can do. I mean, you know, to, we, we, we borrow NFL analogies all the time, Matt, it's, it's like, it's, it's like Deshaun Watson's, uh, you know, what four win team this season, like he's great, but if you don't have uh, players around that are there to make plays, then, then it, it almost doesn't matter. Um, you get dangerously to a point where, um, especially given what, what this sport is, uh, the, the amount of space that there is to cover, the fact that there are 11 men on the pitch, uh, one person can have a tremendous influence, but that should not be mistaken for one person having to fully carry everything because just the nature of the sport and what have you. I mean, he can only do so much. 
Um, and he has to be allowed to have an off game. Uh, but, you know, he, but, but that's the, that's the problem is that there's too many uh, of the players around him who were supposed to be uh, the, the ones who benefited from, from the end product that he provides who just aren't doing it right now. Um, it, it's been odd also to see, especially this week, uh, our inability at times to, you know, once we get the ball out to retain possession, we gave the ball away a ton today. I mean, I credit Newcastle for their their effort. They seem to be to they seem to be first to every loose ball today. Um, they they kept getting blocked. You could see how frustrated the players were. But look, Richarlison is is perpetually frustrated. That's just the that's just his face. He's got rest, resting frustrated face, and I and that's fine. But I. Um, <laughs> I, I don't I don't mean to to oversimplify this, but our our, our scores aren't scoring, and we we need we need those players to to play better and um, to find a way to do so. The manager has to be part of it. I do. I, part of me wonders too is if they have to kind of get creative to shake Calvert Lewin and, and Richarlison out of out of this funk. I don't know if you go to a two two at the top approach and just say, you know, let's let's get back to how you guys were, were scoring a little bit now with a four four two as much as no one really loves that that formation maybe you have some better quality pieces to, to try to play that and create a few more chances than what we saw last season but I, I don't know I'm not the manager I don't necessarily have a, a bunch of great ideas but uh, at the end of the day uh, you can play all kinds of formations you can do a bunch of things but if the effort around Hamas Rodriguez is not there uh, if he if the movement off the ball is not there um, he's not going to find guys and 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 for those who he d- does find like Luca Dean and what have you they, they keep turning the ball over they keep just you know if they keep misplacing passes it, it just ends up not meaning a thing so those those things have to get rectified certainly yeah uh we'll leave it there um that's enough football for me this weekend i think uh what about you lads yeah that's me done for the weekend um yeah not there's no point giving them giving them the time of day letting it ruin your weekend is there no but pro bowl tomorrow is it watch that no that's the worst sporting sporting event there is i don't even think they're playing it are they i think because of covid oh aren't they doing it they're doing it on um on madden online oh okay that'd actually be way more entertaining honestly yeah there's a madden version of this you know maybe i can go uh you know yeah go play fifa and replay this game we just watched you know it's the thing about thing about losing this time of year there's no no nfl on the sunday to 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 look forward to in your weekend just Man City versus Sheffield United and West Ham versus Liverpool. Oh, well. At least we can oh, well. all go to the pub. Oh, wait. <laughs> hey, oh, Les, Les Roberts weighed in. He's, he's, I like that he, he's weighing in just at the end to disagree with me. He says, Keen and Mina should be picking up their center forward for both goals. And I was just thinking to myself, Keen and Mina were down there for the corner at, on that second goal. <laughs> they were all the way down yeah. the pitch. I don't know that you can really blame them for that second goal. And the first goal was probably 10 yards away from you know one side of Michael Keen and Mina. So whatever. Very, whatever, very, Les. Yeah. Very slack market for the first. Great head. It's brilliant today, Wilson. Yeah, always, play, awesome. always plays well against us, doesn't he? Bournemouth, Bournemouth just keeps killing us, guys. I don't, you know, we, <laughs> we, they're relegated and yet they're still finding a way to haunt us. So, yeah. Right. Oh, dear. A big game against Leeds on Wednesday. Now then, um, hopefully find something in that. Uh, get back to winning ways. But, yeah, I hope everybody has some time to take some channels off from Everton. Uh, do something else over the weekend and we'll get back to it on Monday here on the Blue Room. Uh, thanks very much for listening or watching. 
Now, if you want to hear more from us on Monday onwards, come and join us on Patreon and uh, multiple shows every single day. I'm sure there'll be plenty of reaction to that performance. Uh, that's patreon.com slash the Blue Room Extra. Uh, do go listen to the kickabout as well, which Rob and Mark did. Or is it not even out of date now, Rob, after that? Was it was it quite positive, I imagine, after the uh, midweek? And now it's, now it's hey, also look, out of date. Uh, look, let me, let me just say that when it comes out on a Friday night before a game like this, you could think, oh, God, I don't even want to listen to that now. But trust me, for those of you who still want to get your – your uh get your fume on about jordan pickford there's plenty of that and uh we also talk about a really creepy and weird documentary about a pre uh, a weird southern preacher who tried to kill his wife with a rattlesnake and if you can't get into that then i have nothing else for you there you go uh, timeless stuff <laughs> on the kickabout you could say uh but yeah uh, thanks very much mike's for face says it all that's, that's all <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, that was, I imagine that's what my face looked like pretty much the entirety watching this game today. Yeah. Uh, but we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks very much for listening. Thanks very much for watching. We'll speak to you again soon on the Blue Room. At Baker's, we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself. Because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Baker's. Baker's, fresh for everyone. When you're a Boost member, you get free delivery, double fuel points, and lots more. Sign up at bakersplus.com slash boost. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.